0: Mm. Side. He's got Max Danball picked off, he's around Chase with Jared Horstman up to third down the back straight away. And Rich France.
1: The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit. And uh, replace the tire and get back
2: out. Michigan
0: Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis
2: Stemmler. He's going Trevor, the
0: Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is
2: three-time dirt car UMP National Champion Rusty Schlink.
0: And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday. Snow is melting, so, I mean, that's all right. We're going to see mid-40s, uh, the middle part of this week, and uh, because I will forget at the end of the show... Happy Thanksgiving to those of you who are going to be celebrating this Thursday. Let's get into it. A whole lot going on in this show, including a Motor City Minute. Chris Madden battled through adversity to score his eighth blue-gray 100 at Cherokee Speedway Sunday night, hitting with 19 laps to go. Madden fought back to the front before taking the lead on the white flag lap. The late race caution with six laps to go would give Madden the opportunity to capitalize. He went to victory lane, cashing in $12,000 in payday. Dalton Wilson, second spot, Ben Watkins in third. Michael Brown, fourth. Trent Ivey rounding out the top five. And notable drivers in this event, by the way, Kyle Strickler in 10th spot. Uh, And uh, that's pretty much it. It was kind of a light field for this uh, race down there at Cherokee. How about the Cars Tour? We've seen this happening all across the nation, and now the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour is set to make a proactive approach when it comes to driver development. Beginning next season, any driver can compete in the Pro Late Model Tour starting at the age of 12, as opposed to earning eligibility at 14 years old. This change does not impact the Late Model Stock Tour, where drivers must still be 14 before they can race in that division. Cars Tour owner Jack McNelly said, a myriad of factors attributed to him lowering the age for, uh, in the Pro league model Tour, but stressed that the series needed to accommodate the youth movement that is now prevalent in many different forms of auto racing in the United States. And finally, in an event that Mother Nature pushed back to Sunday, Peyton Freeman picked up the biggest win of his career following a second place run in the first night of the Hunt, the Front Southern Showcase at Deep South Speedway in Georgia and had to fend off an intense challenge from Brandon Overton to bring home the $22,000 payday. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir.
1: Good evening. I'm glad it got warm today because I was not attracted very much to that snow this weekend.
0: I'm going to be completely honest, and y'all can hit me with the hate. It looks like a winter wonderland here at my neck of the woods. I put up every inflatable I own. Every Christmas light I own is hung. Uh, we're we're working on the inside tonight. So uh, Christmas, Christmas has Christmased uh, at the Heiser household. Now, in my defense, our family celebrated Thanksgiving on Saturday, so I did wait until after Thanksgiving to decorate, so I don't want to hear it. you had thanksgiving
1: almost a week early
0: (laughs) almost that's not even fair almost hey you know what you got to do what you got to do man hey let's talk we got a couple great interviews coming up tonight Uh, we're going to talk with andrew scheid uh he's got big news on the horizon we're also going to talk with nick Pressler, who is doing some big things including headed down to five flag speedway but rich couple of things to talk about in the racing industry before we get there yeah zach i i I had to do
1: do a story on this because I watched every minute of this race on Saturday night, and it was just flat out unbelievable. On Saturday night, Mason Diaz parked it in victory lane. No surprise statement there, right? The problem, Zach, was that there were still ten laps remaining in the South Carolina Four Hundred at the Florence Speedway in South Carolina, uh, a race ultimately and actually won by Brendan Butterbean Queen. That's the line it. of the, you like that? I love
0: that. I love that.
1: Butterbean won the race. Uh, that's, that's, that's actually why I had to do the story. Cause I wanted to say Butterbean. In other words, there was a lot to unpack from this one for the third year in a row. Chad Bryant, Ray, Bryant racing brought the car to beat, but it was Diaz behind the wheel this year, uh, looking to defend the undefeated streak established by Ty Majeski. Uh, Diaz first took the lead on the restart with 17 laps remaining but found himself on the wrong side of a dominant Sam Yarbrough with an exchange that would cost both of them the win. On the restart with 11 to go, Yarbrough uh, was run up the racetrack uh, with both right sides dipping off the pavement, no wall on the backstretch uh, down at Florence Speedway. Yarbrough then drove into the back of Diaz, contact sending them both to the rear uh, as one spun and the other was deemed to have caused it. Diaz parked his car in victory lane, got a bear hug from team owner Chad Bryant, and walked away and left the car on the racetrack. Uh, Tow truck was brought out to remove the car. Uh, Meanwhile, that resulted in uh, Queen taking the lead for the first time and eventually holding on against Carson Quapel to win in his inaugural start with Lee Pulliam performance. Zach, these guys were going at it. They did nothing but follow the leader, follow the leader, for the first oh, 150 laps, the last 50 laps were priceless, although it took an hour and 15 minutes to get them in.
0: Wow. And, I, you know, I got to tell you, if I'm not a part of the series that's officiating or, or anything like that, I love to see a little drama like that. I think it's good for the sport. So that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and a little showmanship, too. Like, here, you know what? I know where I should be. You take care of the car. <laughs> Dale Earnhardt
1: Jr. was there. He drove from the back to the front, dumped two guys, got sent to the rear twice. Um, you know, he he was just being one of the guys. But, uh, boy, he, he had a real good car. I thought he had a chance to win, and he just got into somebody, and then that just compounded his mess. What
0: would you think of that Bass Pro Shops number three?
1: Oh, was it sharp. Under the lights? Oh man, that gold just shined. It was, it was really sweet looking. Um, you could tell he'd not been in a car in a while, you know, and he got better as the race went on. But uh, I, I think just gauging his distance between his competitors kind of, kind of hurt him a little bit. Uh, he got into a couple people that, you know, normally you just don't get into and, and he kind of caught him and yeah. they, they, there was no favoritism. They sent him to the rear for it and the fans and attendants were not very happy.
0: <laughs> well hey you know what you can't play favorites so uh let's move on talk about something else that's going on for the first time since june of 2000 the arkham and Ard series platform will race at the tight banked quarter mile flat rock speedway the arkham and Ard series east takes to the track on may 20th 2023 arkham and art series raced at the track 56 times from 1953 through the year 2000 the race will mark the second time the series formerly known as the nascar canon pro series east rebranded under the arca sanction prior to the 2020 season has raced in the state of michigan the series raced at berlin raceway in 2017 now the race at flat rock scheduled for 150 laps straight through with no break or competition cautions the eight race arca menard series east calendar will start on march 25th at fla- a five flag speedway. In Pensacola, Florida, and conclude on September 14th at Bristol Motor Speedway. So, Rich France, Arca Menards East, Flat Rock Speedway, Arca Menards Series Championship at Toledo in October. Some pretty cool stuff with the Arca Menards calendar coming our way.
1: Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, Arca's backyard, right? This is their home, uh, just out of Toledo. So, it's nice to see, nice to see the Arca Menards Series East back at Flat Rock after 20. 20- by the time they race 23 years yeah um so that'll be pretty cool running around that little bull ring don't you think now
0: did you were you there to see them race back in 2000 and before then
1: oh yeah they would draw they would draw 33 they would start 33 35 cars and three laps in they'd be in lap
0: traffic now don't look yep. for anything like that this year uh but what i'm intrigued is is those are cars they just look big, right? You see them in person, and they just—they are big race cars, uh, kind of like outlaw super late models. They're just big. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see how they do around Flat Rock. Yeah, they—they're um, not going to have a whole lot of room to race,
1: I'll tell you that. But I—I I, I imagine, yeah. If you go anywhere else, I expect the car counts to be less than what they used to be. But um, no, they—they've always put on a great show, though. I mean, you don't— one guy doesn't get out and get away. It just it just keeps it together and, and I expect the same thing uh at the race in May
0: all right and one of the drivers who we're going to see uh doing some work at Berlin is uh, not necessarily going to be in the Arkham series but he's going to be doing some work at Berlin again this year he uh man I-, I love him on the dirt I'd love to see him get back behind the wheel of a dirt sprint car but that's not where he's at right now uh young Andrew Scheid thank you so much for being back on Horsepower Happenings good evening
2: yeah, thank you guys for having me.
0: I don't know how much longer I can continue to use the word young. Uh, I think well, as as long as he's still in public school system, I'm going to use it. And uh, you know, until until he's uh, 18, and maybe until he has a beer with us, we'll continue to say young Andrew Scheid. But man, it's been a it's been a crazy what about four weeks or so, maybe less than that, three weeks. Uh, you know, it was posted that that you were going to go separate ways from Cadillac West Racing and Mike Blackmere uh, or Blackmer rather, and that 77 team was going to dissolve at the end of 2022 and I messaged you right away and said man I don't know what's cooking but I hope to see you in a race car and then this week uh, it was announced that you are going to be in a race car in 2023 so just kind of take us through the last couple of weeks it's been pretty pretty wild for you
2: Yeah for sure I mean we had the meeting with Mike at the end of the season like we always do and uh you know we were going into it thinking you know maybe we're planning for 2023 uh you know we didn't really know uh, what the meeting was about, we have it every year. Um, and we got talking, and, uh, you know, Mike's got a lot going on with, you know, his tracks and everything. And, I mean, my parents are building a dog boarding facility that my dad's been, I mean, slaving at for the past, I don't know, maybe five months, six that, months. He's the contractor and, in that thing
0: pretty much, isn't he? <laughs> that's, oh yeah, that's his yeah. honey-do That's his uh, honey-do list. What's that? I say that's his honeydew list. That's his entire honeydew list right now for your mom.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's quite the list. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, with uh, my business, this was my first full year um, detailing full time, and, you know, that went great, but it uh, left not much time for race cars. Um, you know, my dad and I weren't able to escape to the shop as much as we uh, should as a super late model team, and uh, you know, luckily we were still able to have some success this past season. And, you know, we still had a ton of fun, but, you know, with Mike's busy schedule and our busy schedules, we figured that it'd be better if we uh, mutually separated. And I mean, you know, I'm very thankful for what Mike's done for me for the past, I think it's been seven years now. Um, You know, he's brought me from go-karts to where I am now, you know, and this ride with bricks wouldn't have been possible without, him taking me through the steps he took me so you know very thankful for him and everything he's done for me
0: let me read uh for those who missed it this came out just uh, an hour before our interview tonight uh in part a uh, release or a statement from mike Blackmare himself uh saying quote when i formed cadillac west racing number 77 team i intended it to be a way for me to enjoy late model racing year round even after the michigan dirt track racing comes to a halt after labor day uh, as Andrew alluded to, due to very busy schedules with myself, Andrew, and Jason, and Katie, this venture did not pan out how I had hoped. I had to focus on my dirt tracks, Tri-City, Merritt, and Thunderbird during a turbulent 2022 season. Andrew focused on his business, Jason and Katie focusing on their uh, business, and 2022 is a very uh, busy time for all parties involved. He went on to say, in part that it has been a privilege to have Andrew race with me since 2015 when he started in a lightning sprint. I will always be his biggest racing fan and wish him nothing but the best in his new venture in the number 88 car of Bricks Racing. When you hear that, Andrew, you know, you go back to 2015 and Mike Blackmere comes to you and says, hey, I'm gonna fund. I'm gonna fund your career here for a couple of years. I'm gonna put you in a lightning sprint. Gonna win some championships. Then we're gonna go Great Lakes Super Sprint Series racing. We're gonna have some fast time awards. We're gonna to run top five, top ten. Gonna to be a threat to win every week, knowing that this is, uh, you know, one door closing and another one opening. But you know, obviously the friendship is still gonna be there. But this is this is an end of a chapter for you guys. What's the emotion like? How are you feeling? I know, obviously, the horizon is exciting, but to be parting ways with a guy who really got your name out there and kind of got you on the map, what's the emotion like?
2: For sure. I mean, uh, if I could explain it in one word, it'd be grateful. Um, But, you know, everything comes to an end. There will be a day where I sit in a race car seat for the last time, and luckily it wasn't this year. Um, You know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen for 2023 after we decided to separate. But, uh, you know, when when we got together with the Bricks team, I mean, it just, the the stars aligned and, you know, we got something worked out real quick. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very excited for what the future is going to hold. We're going to have a lot of fun with this team, uh, 2023 and beyond. So, um, you know, I've had an amazing time with Mike. Uh, Things have been great with him for the past seven years but like i said everything comes to an end that friendship will still continue but uh you know i'll be racing for someone else
1: andrew now we move on take us inside this uh, this deal here with the bricks racing team um tell us how that went down obviously they have a big reputation on the west side of the state oh
2: for sure i mean they are two extremely smart people uh nick and brad and uh i mean they had a very fast car quite a few times at berlin raceway this year and uh, they were great competitors um but i mean they're very nice people it's been a pleasure to meet them and it's been a pleasure to make a deal with them um but you know we just we got together after the announcement of uh cadillac west racing coming to an end and like i said the stars just aligned and here we are
1: so is this going to be a Uh, pretty much a Berlin-focused ride for you for 2023? Uh, Yes, yes.
0: All right, Andrew. So tell me, uh, tell the folks maybe who aren't uh, 100% familiar, uh, give me a little overview because I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not big in the Berlin community, but uh, obviously Super Late Model Racing is, you know, Berlin staple. So give me an overview. Who are you working with? Uh, Tell me about this team that you're going to be a driver for now.
2: Oh, yeah. So we've got... uh... The team owners are Brad Yonker and Nick Fisher, uh, two very great people, well-known people um, in the asphalt late model racing world. Uh, Neither of them have been drivers, but they have worked on uh, late models longer than I've been alive. Um, uh, Brad's dad was a driver, I believe. And uh, you know, they had great success back in their day. And uh, like I said, they're extremely smart people and I'm very excited to work with them. we're, we haven't talked totally uh, what the crew is going to look like, but for now I know that it's going to be my dad, um, Nick Fisher, Brad Yonker, Nick's dad, Mike Fisher, and I. So, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to see what what's in store for us in 2023.
1: Have you guys talked goals or expectations yet for 2023?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, what's great about them is they have very realistic expectations. They know that um, – you know, coming in with a new driver and, uh, you know, they kind of do their own thing. Um, You know, like I said, they're very smart people. They like to uh, take a Van Dorn box stock chassis and make their own changes. Um, So, you know what, we we went over expectations and um, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. You know, we we need to build our relationship first and we need to build our communication and uh, really, they need to learn, I mean, how big of a breaker I am, uh, you know, my loose to tight scale. Um, and we need to learn how to communicate that with each other before uh, we can really set any expectations of success. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident in my driving skills and I'm very confident in their knowledge um, and what they can do to make a race car fast. And, uh, I mean, we're going for a 2023 championship at Berlin Raceway for sure.
1: And I imagine it doesn't hurt that they're putting a driver in that seat that knows his way to victory lane now at the Berlin Raceway.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, (laughs) felt like a very, very good breakthrough for us uh, to get those two wins at Berlin this year. You know, we had quite the drought, but, uh, you know, we got the monkey off our back and now we're hoping to keep that ball rolling.
0: You know, one of the things that you mentioned and that Mike mentioned about the separation was time. Um, and so how is that, I mean, was that a conversation that you guys had with Bricks about, you know, listen, I've got this business, mom and dad have this business. I kind of want to, you know, what What are you hoping to be able to do? Show up with a gear bag and race or go to the shop when you can? What? What is the expectation and what's the kind of, not agreement, but what's been discussed on that front?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, they are business owners as well, so they know all about uh what my dad and I and my mom, of course, are going through being startup owners because, I mean, they were startup owners back in, I believe, 2009. Um, But with that being said, we had great conversation, and I'm not one to be a guy that picks up the helmet bag and heads to the racetrack and then uh, at the end of the race day load it up, go home, and, you know, go on with my life. I love to be in the shop. I love working on the race car, and I feel like it makes you a better driver knowing Uh, what's underneath you so um, you know I've been to their shop a few times now we've been getting that car back together after they wrecked in the um, season finale at Berlin Raceway Um, so we've been working on getting that car back together getting it race ready and uh, you know I'm uh, definitely still going to be very hands-on with them and uh, they're going to take me under their wing and really teach me um, what they know.
0: Berlin Raceway Championship is the goal for 2023. Now, Andrew, we saw you hit the road with Cadillac West in in your first couple of seasons. Is there any ambition, any talk, any discussion about the 88 car hitting the road in the future?
2: Um, you know that's not really on our minds. Um, Nick and Brad, you know, they have families and uh, a business, and they are very dedicated to their family and business, and. Uh, you know what? For me, racing is something that I love dearly for sure. Um, it's something that I do not want out of my life anytime in the near future. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's, an, it's a it's a hobby. You know, I'm not going to make a career out of racing. Um, my my career is going to be my detailing business, and that's something that I need to focus on as well. Um, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back and look at reality and see, you know, what what is my future look like? And I mean, it's not the NASCAR cup series. So, uh, you know, I'm very thankful to be at the level I'm at. I love super late model racing and I love Berlin raceway. And, uh, if that's what my career looks like for the next, you know, five, six years, I'll be very thankful for that.
1: Drew, I got to ask you. So we talked about Cadillac West. We talk about bricks. Tell me about what you were thinking after you had the meeting with Mike in between, didn't have any plans. Um, what was, kind of, kind of put me inside your head, where were you at at that time?
2: Yeah, you know, it was pretty scary knowing that I didn't have a ride for 2023, just thinking, you know, I've been in some sort of racing realm since I was, I think, four or five years old. Um, it's all I've known, you know, being competitive and, uh, you know, having that competitive nature and really just, racing, whether it was BMX bikes, motocross, go karts, lightning sprint, sprint cars, and now super late models. Um, I've always been involved and I've always, you know, worked on the cars. And honestly, it was a pretty scary thought for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 18 years old and, uh, you know, I didn't think racing would be out of my life yet. So for this deal to pop up and start working itself out, I'm feeling very blessed, very grateful. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a sad time for me, but, uh, you know, no hard feelings with Mike, uh, like I said, that friendship will continue. And I mean, here we are, I I guess I don't got to worry about that anymore.
1: Well, it makes you feel any better, Drew. I lost the bet. I told, I told Zach, uh, you were going to be in a dirt sprint car with a big old (laughs) wing on it.
2: (laughs) You know what? I wouldn't be mad at that either. Um, I do love this super late model, uh, racing and everything, but man, sprint cars will always hold a special place in my heart.
0: Now, this is kind of like, it doesn't matter who asked the question. You know, you ended up at prom, so does it really matter? But I am curious, right? You find out that you're out of a ride. Did you hit the streets right away or did news travel fast and Bricks came to you and said, hey, we need a driver. I mean, how did that How did that work?
2: Um, you know, it was kind of, It was kind of essentially a mutual thing. Like, we both kind of found each other. Um, It's hard to explain exactly how it went down. It just kind of, like I said, the stars aligned for this deal. Hey, perfect perfect storms.
0: Perfect storms are a cool thing in this sport, you know? Absolutely. So uh, a 2023 Berlin Raceway track championship probably not going to travel uh, at all. It doesn't sound like um, there are some big races that uh, get folded into that Berlin Raceway uh, track championship season and of course a lot of renovations taking place at berlin raceway right now a lot of eyes on what's going on over there um, success at this racetrack usually pays off pretty good uh, you know you're talking about you know the likes of brian campbell and and carson Hosevar, just to name two right off the top of the bat i mean you find success at that racetrack uh, andrew who knows what the future for you holds right Is, are you thinking about that at all um you know what like I said, I kind of
2: look at this as more of a hobby for me. Uh I don't I don't see a career forming from it. Um which is okay. I mean, like I said earlier, there's a last time for everything. There's uh there will be one day um a time that I sit in the race car for the last time. I just don't know when that will be.
0: All right, man. Um this is pretty cool. I love it. Uh I think it's pretty pretty awesome to see you. I'm excited You know, I I love Mike. Everybody knows that we we here at Horsepower Happenings. Love Mike and his racetracks. But this is kind of neat for you to have an opportunity. and, And, Rich, you can speak on this. I can speak on this. When you race... With one group of people for your entire career, you only know one way of how to do things. And so now, Andrew, you're going to kind of get this opportunity to go under with another team and see how this other operation performs. Take what you've learned with Cadillac West. Take what they know at Bricks and put those things together. This is an exciting time for you, I think.
2: Oh, absolutely. And one thing we struggled with last year was we didn't have a crew chief. Um, you know, it was, it was my dad and I essentially crew chiefing the car and, uh, we'd shoot Johnny Van Dorn messages, um, over, over text message. And, you know, he was in Indiana or (laughs) Pennsylvania. He was, he was down at, uh, Winchester, you know, like we were probably quite the pest to him, to be honest, but, uh, he was very gracious with us and helped us out a lot as much as he could without seeing what the car is doing, uh, and just going off of what I'm telling him. And, uh, you know, it, it, seemed to work out for us pretty well. We had some good success, but, uh, you know, now having Nick and Brad and their brains behind, behind, uh, me as well. And my feedback, you know, I'm, I'm extremely excited to, uh, how successful we could be.
0: What are you climbing down into, by the way, you mentioned VDR and you guys had some limited success with that car. What are you, uh, what are you going to be driving?
2: Uh, it, it is uh, Van Dorn.
0: Okay, cool. So, I mean, hey, that's that's going to go a, a long way, too, having that familiar kind of uh, familiar race car underneath you. For sure. Well, Andrew, man, this is uh, this is pretty cool. Looking forward to seeing what comes for you in 2023. Now, uh, do you have new sponsors yet? Do you have new people to thank? Do you have the new laundry list to, to go over, or should we give you a couple of months?
2: Oh, I, I got a few to fa- thank right now.
0: Yeah, go ahead, man. L- I'll let you do it.
2: Well, we'll start out with thanking Mike Blackmere for uh, – you know all the opportunities he's, he's given me up to this point. Uh, like I said, this BRICS deal would not be possible without uh, the steps that he's taken me through. So thank you, Mike, I appreciate you. Um, and I wish nothing but the best for you. Um, then I'd like to thank obviously the BRICS team <clears throat> for even taking me into consideration and uh, eventually working out a deal. I'd like to thank Menzana for continuing sponsorship for the 2023 season, uh, Lake Cadillac Resort, Dockside Inn, Cedar Valley. They're all going to continue sponsorship as well. And then uh, a couple new ones we got is Rough Life Pet Resort. That one's going to be uh, my dad and or my mom and dad's business. Uh, he's hard at work on it uh, as we speak. So um, that's great. And then I'll just throw in a little sneak peek for my uh, detailing business, AJ's Auto Detailing. So that's uh, just the few we have to thank now. And, you know, I'm like I said, I'm very excited for this.
0: Andrew, uh, it sounds like the same place people can follow along, Andrew Shide Racing on Facebook. Uh, anywhere else people should be hitting up now with the new team?
2: Um, Andrew Shide Racing is where we will continue to post updates and uh... – future successes
0: all right man hey congratulations on a new ride congratulations by the way on a stellar career uh stellar kickoff with Cadillac West Racing and everything that you and Mike did uh was was awesome to watch and awesome to see on the dirt transitioning to pavement getting him back into being a pavement car owner was pretty cool to see so congratulations on that aspect too and good luck in 23.
2: Yeah thank you Rich thank you Zach I appreciate uh you guys having me on the show again I always love speaking to you guys so uh, I hope to see you guys at the track a couple times this year. You know, maybe maybe head out for that Money in the Bank or the Battle at Berlin. I know those are always uh, some great shows to watch.
0: He's basically, you know, what he's telling us keep the Monday show open for after Battle at Berlin. And oh Battle yeah, of I get it. That's what that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> that's got Andrew's name written on it. So that's like hey, that's like hey. that's like a shot over the bow. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not
2: going to deny that.
0: All right, Andrew, man, hey, congratulations, and uh, like we said, good luck. Appreciate you being on the show, too. It's always a pleasure, man. Have a good night.
2: Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a good night.
0: Always a pleasure to catch up with that young man. I didn't realize he was 18 either. I got to take, I guess, uh, do I have to quit calling him young Andrew Scheid then? Is that what that means?
1: Pretty close, probably, because we've got to wait a few more <laughs> years to have a beer with him.
0: <laughs> well, hey, uh, this next gentleman we could have plenty of beer with. In fact, I'm pretty confident he might be able to outdrink me, because he's a, a good drinker with you, uh, and he could tell a couple stories, too. It's time for Gary, did you know?
1: Yeah, it's that t- it's that time of the month. Twentieth uh, Zach, 20th quiz, man. Wow. wow. You know, we were, count- we were counting the last couple months, those so 17, 18. We now hit 20. And on the phone lines now uh, for his 20th quiz, Gary Lindahl. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings, my friend.
3: Oh, good to talk to you guys again. Isn't that amazing? 20 quizzes already. And I remember when we started this over beer. Imagine that when you guys are talking about <laughs> beer, and that's what started it.
0: Yeah, Rich France can twist your arm into doing just about anything after a couple of He talked me right
3: into it. And, you know, the interesting thing is I do get a lot of comments. Just got done with the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame banquet a couple uh, weeks ago up there in Mount Pleasant and I uh, got together with Tim Felber and, and uh, Gorilla Racing and, and uh, my buddy Leo, the Chief Pago. And uh, there's still people that really enjoy the quiz, so I'm, I'm really happy that I'll be able to do this with you
1: guys. Well, Gary, let's get rolling in. Uh, quiz number 20, question number one.
3: Question number one. <laughs> and this is, You should be able to get this one.
0: Rich. What are
3: Scott <laughs> Hans's two nicknames?
0: Ooh, I know one.
1: Yes. I, knew one. <laughs> I know one. Two nicknames. Okay.
0: I know one. <laughs>
1: oh man. <laughs> I thought the other one was a typo, but nope.
3: <laughs> nope, it is not. No, it is not. It's not a typo. All right. You know, I, and I sent you that early so you could uh, get a real good heads up. I try to do that
1: for you, Rich. Yeah, I think that one there, somebody's going to get that. So I think I, think I would think so. I think they'll know that. Question number two, Gary. Okay, question number two. What tire did
3: John Ramos sell?
1: Well, it's probably got it narrowed down to three, right? Four? Well, I would imagine <laughs> so. You know.
0: And I, I, I and and if I were, can, I give a hint, Gary.
3: Sure. You're go not, ahead.
0: You're not going to see much of this tire in today's racing world.
3: Uh, not even close. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. There you go. There's your hint for that. It one.
3: evolved into something else. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. That's right. That's right.
3: You know. So. Now here's one of the, Who knew? Well,
1: Now, question number three, Gary, this one, this one, you really, I think would have to have some intimate knowledge of this guy.
3: I think you uh, would, but he was an interesting guy and we saw his tire truck everywhere. Back in the day when the promoters did not sell tires, this guy did. And there was a few of them around. Question number three, George Folk and his tire truck could be found at many short tracks in the 60s. And seventies, what was his real business?
0: I I would have had no uh, clue. That
3: doesn't well. Uh, you got to go back. You'd have to go back and remember that one. You know, you'd have to go back and it it, Pop, would, it would take a little bit.
1: But I'm guessing. I'm guessing if anybody's from that era, that they may remember George folk right? Oh,
3: absolutely. Because, uh well, you know, I, I can even I can even tell you this. He was uh, he was pretty much well. Uh, uh, an ARCA guy, you know, Flat Rock and, and Toledo, but he was always at Spartan on Friday nights too. So he went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, at different tracks.
1: All right, question so, number four. Now, somebody who's what? been in the flag stand for many years may know this. So, they uh, may do that,
3: but you know what? There's a lot of guys that have been in the flag stand or whatever like that. And uh, Anyway, and I worked with this guy. That's why I remember it. They call this flagman the Mad Canadian.
0: I'm out. I'm out. I'm I got out. half. I got half a question. There you go. I got half a question this round. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh man. Well, I could give you one hint, I suppose, on number four. All right,
0: we take that.
3: He worked with my brother-in-law at the time, the Terminator. <laughs> All
1: right. The Mad Canadian and the Terminator worked together.
3: Yes, they did.
1: They had some nicknames back then, didn't they, Zach?
0: I'm telling you why. Sure did. I, I, I wish I had a nickname that wasn't, well, they're not friendly for our podcast, so never mind.
3: <laughs> you can't say it either, That's you?
0: right. Gary, man, we always appreciate you putting this together with Gary Did You Know. Four questions going to be posted on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. If somebody can get them all right, Rich is going to set them up with a pretty cool prize pack. There
3: you go. So,
0: cool. Gary, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for putting hey, this together. happy
3: Thanksgiving to you guys, yeah. to all your listeners.
0: Happy Thanksgiving, Gary. Appreciate you.
1: All right. See ya. Always good to have Gary come on with us. Gary, did you know quiz? Uh, look for that quiz to be posted sometime this week. But now we have our second interview on the phone line, and uh, this gentleman picked up a track championship here in 2022 at the Plymouth Motor Speedway. And uh, by the weather we had this weekend, you'd think we were done. Well, this gentleman is not. We will get into all that. Makes his home in Buchanan, Michigan. Nick Pressler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
1: Man, first of all, congratulations. Uh, winning a track championship is always hard, but on a track that hasn't seen daylight in how many years, uh, how difficult was that?
4: I mean, it wasn't too bad. I was actually one of the first guys that uh, got to the test um, there. While I went there and checked the track for the tra- new track owners, and uh, I was the first one up to speed. There, I took a street stock down there, and uh, it was pretty much ready to go right from the get-go.
1: We saw, we had some video, we had Kevin on last year, and um, he had just got the dirt off enough where he took an outlaw out there, and it was kind of slow going for him, but they did a lot of work to that track, and it, it really looked sharp.
4: Oh, yeah, you can't, um, you you you, you got to go. If you're a fan, you just need to go check out a race there. I mean, with the bleachers and the tower and what they did with the infield and all, just all the work around there it's a pretty cool place
1: so take me through this 2022 season i know uh you know anybody else who would change from dirt to pavement um you know you you really have to be careful because you don't know what your car counts are going to be how did it go for you this season
4: um i i think they did really well down there as far as the car counts and that um i mean we always had different guys every night just about a few you know three or four that came for every class every night but uh yeah, I mean, it was just a good time to go down there. I mean, it was a uh, it was an every night thing. I think that we raced every other week for weekly stuff, and then we had a lot of big shows. So um, I did the every other week thing, and then some of the big shows down there.
0: Buchanan, Michigan to Plymouth, Indiana is not exactly a Saturday uh, stroll. That's kind of a, a hike. What what led you to make that change to go down there and see what's going on at Plymouth?
3: It's
4: actually closer for me to go there than it is to Kalamazoo and stuff like that. Yeah, it only takes me like 40 minutes to get to Plymouth, and it takes me about an hour and ten.
0: I got to look this. I got to pull this up on the map right now while we're doing the show because I can't even believe that. Um, So, nonetheless, the decision, you know, you obviously know your way around Kalamazoo. Um, Wow, that is closer than I thought it was going to be. 42 minutes according to uh, Google Maps. So, there you go.
4: Um, I'm right on the bypass, too. So, I'm like, boom, boom, I'm there.
0: Nice. So, Kalamazoo, you know that place. You run there. You've had success there. Why take a chance on, on Plymouth? Um, obviously, you know, if you run at Kalamazoo, you know, Kevin, uh, you know what he's about, you know what he's doing as far as a driver and who he is as a person. Uh, but to, to make that go out on that limb and say, we're going to dedicate a whole season to Plymouth. Was that the plan at the beginning or did you just go down there and see what it was about and kind of fell into a championship?
4: Um, kind of was the plan just because of the way fuel prices went and the cost of tires. I mean, I just honestly couldn't afford to go to Kalamazoo every night for the cost of what it costs to get in there, and for me to take a car there, and if I would win, I'd be 200 in the hole. I could go to Plymouth based wow. on old tires and still win races. So That's that was cool. kind of the big, big dilemma there with going there over there. I would, I would have rather, you know, I'm not rather, but I like Kalamazoo. I like the competition. I like the guys that I race there, but cost-wise, I just couldn't afford to go to Kalamazoo every week.
0: You know, as Rich mentioned, uh, this place, Plymouth Speedway, I loved it as a dirt track. I thought it put on some really cool shows as a dirt track. But a lot of people wanted to see the dirt come off and and the pavement rejuvenated. Uh, How was it first year? I know Rich asked you what it was like to race on. But how was it first year with first year owners, first year management, first year everything for that racetrack as a driver? How did things go? Did it feel clunky? Was it well-oiled machines? Some minor things to work on? What was the feel at Plymouth?
4: Uh, honestly i think it just it, it rolled right from the get-go i mean i think we we had like maybe one race before they had their first grand slam deal and i mean it just took off they, they had it ready to go i mean i actually went down and did a <clears throat> quite a bit of work with kevin and i'm friends with him he sponsors me i helped pour a lot of the concrete they did down there so i was down there a lot seeing it kind of from the beginning to the end and I mean, he was—he's a worker, man. He was out there every night from you know dusk to dawn, you know, and some nights he was out there past you know dark still working. I mean, he made it happen, and uh, his, the people he puts around him, uh, you know, made it to where it was just a—it was just a easy deal going down around Saturdays and Fridays.
1: Nick, anytime, anytime, anybody goes to a pavement track, uh, Northern Indiana, uh, Southwest Michigan, they have gotta look through all divisions because you never know where they're gonna find you. And uh, point being, you ran a street stock down at South Bend and had pretty, pretty good success this summer as well.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. I uh, drove my nephew's car. It was a big 90-lap, um, 3,500-to-win deal. And uh, he said, you want to drive my car in that race? And I said, sure, why not? And we sat fast-time and uh, pretty much uh, dominated the race and drove away from everybody and won the race. Uh, so we had, a, we had a good time that night.
1: And that wasn't your first success in a street stock. If I remember correctly, um, I couldn't make it down there. Zach and I have been there before, but you went down to Speed Fest, and uh, you couldn't have had much of a better weekend.
4: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, that was right after my car owner passed away and um, me and him were talking about doing the Speed Fest race. And we had two weeks before the race after his funeral and we all got together, me and uh, my brother and Sean Amor at MSR Chassis. We talked about it and. Didn't really care who drove the car. We know all three of us were capable of winning, but we just like, Sean was like, I'd like to race there. I'm like, well, let's bring it to your shop. Let's get it ready. And uh, we thrashed for two weeks and showed up, unloaded, uh, top of the board, first practice. And uh, from there on, we just got better and ended up winning the race.
1: Talk to me. Uh, you brought it up, and I was going to bring it up anyway. Talk to me about Jim Brown. I know everybody. Uh, a lot of people know that he, you guys were very, very tight, uh, you know. And he and he passed away unexpectedly. Kind of, kind of, set your relationship with Jim.
4: Oh man, um, you couldn't ask for a better guy to be around, better guy to drive for. Um, and it just, <clears throat> it just happened randomly one day. He he called me up out of the blue and asked if I'd ever raced at Angola Speedway, and I was like, No, I've never even seen the place actually. He's like, you got a truck, and I'm like, yep. He said, be at my house ten thirty Saturday morning, and we uh, we I showed up, we loaded up, went down there, set fast time, uh, ran really good in the feature, and after that, um, I was driving for him every week.
0: How did that uh a, a relationship and a car ownership driver combo that comes together that quickly? Uh, you guys, you guys saw some success as a duo. I can only imagine moving forward from that point.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, I knew he had really good equipment and I mean, he just was one of those guys that let me do my thing and he just went with it and stood behind me no matter if it was wrong or right. And I mean, we just clicked everything, everything we've ever done together. We've never had one disagreement. It just always was good. I mean, you just can't ask for a better person to be around
0: put that sticker on the race car and everybody has done it at some point in their career, uh, that you race a season or race the rest of your career in memory of, or in honor of somebody, how tough has it been to, to, to have this, you know, move forward this season without him?
4: Oh man, it was, uh, it was tough. Just, um, I mean, his wife has been really, really, really awesome about everything. Um, She'd let me race the car still she told me to uh, keep going that's what he would want um, just uh, the phone calls I miss <clears throat> I miss talking to him um, I mean just our random two-hour phone calls you know just about every other day um, just just hard to be there without him
1: Nick let's mo- move on and let's talk about uh, you guys made a trip down uh, down south this weekend and, and it kind of got cut short because I was hoping, I wanted to see some of that preview night. Uh, Mother nature kind of got in the way, but uh, you guys are heading down to Pensacola. You went down there for a test. Uh, you guys are planning on heading back down there in a week or so. Kind of tell me how that went.
4: Um, really good. I was. Uh, I mean, this this car we took. I, I'm honestly three weeks ago. It was a bare frame, had a fuel cell in it. That was about it. And uh, me and my brother and Sean helped us uh, AMSR chassis a little bit and. We thrashed every single night and every day on the weekend, all day. And we put a car together. I got the ticket to Plymouth before I went down there and, you know, got a little shake down there. But uh, just to make sure no leaks, we didn't go fast or nothing. But, and then up going down there and unloading. And as soon as I unloaded, we were we had to call a little low. I uh, came in right away. We got the car raised up. And then from there on, it just always got better. I mean, we ran our fastest lap of the whole Practice down there, the very last lap on the track, so the car never slowed down it only got better. Um, I'm excited about going back i think uh, I think we honestly have a shot at winning it
1: I know a lot of people up here have seen photos of those uh outlaws down there, and I think i I think I have to I, I've seen them race many times Zach has as well and, and I think you got to compare them to more an outlaw sportsman, not an outlaw super late model like we're used to seeing up here.
4: Oh yes, by far. I, I actually took one of our template cars that I usually run in uh, templates up here. Not the one I've been running the last couple of years, but an older one. And we reworked that. I mean, you're a lot narrower than an outlaw car. You're running a crate motor, which is you know half, you know maybe three quarters of the power, not maybe maybe even about half. It's 425 horse steel. I mean, uh, just it's just way different. It's narrow. It's uh, really uh, you can't have really high left, 58 left. Um, I mean the bodies are close but I mean even they're a little bit different looking because you're allowed a lot of big right side ledge and all that good stuff. Um, I mean it's just it's a lot it's kind of slower you know than an outlaw but faster than a sportsman type thing. It's, it's, it's hard to explain but I mean it's a it's a pretty cool class.
0: How much work, you mentioned that you took one of your other cars, one of your older uh, chassis, how, how much reworking, you use that phrase, does it take to get a car that we're used to seeing a template up here ready to go for those, uh, What, what are they, I don't even know what they're actually called down there in Florida. They're uh, called uh, Outlaw Stocks. Outlaw um, Stocks, okay, yeah, so how much reworking did you have to do to get ready?
4: Really nothing on the chassis. We reworked the chassis to make it more comparable to my other car we put, you know, front clip deal on it and all these suspension on the front and stuff like that. And just widen everything out. But then you go, then you have to start putting rims on it to get it narrow enough. Cause you know, we're allowed 80 inches up here on a template car. And then down there it's 78, you know, so I had to just switch rims pretty much as far as that goes, but just a lot of lead on the right side of the car and in the middle of the car and um, putting the crate motor in and trying to get the balance on all that to make it, you know, to make the car turn still and, and be within the rules.
0: Now, I, I'm just trying to imagine this uh, because we know, but for the fan that's listening, two inches, I mean, come on, it's 80 to 78. That doesn't sound like a lot, but how long did it take flipping wheels, measuring measuring depths and, and offsets and all that crap? How long did it take you to finally uh, get a set of, of wheels together that was going to work for this thing?
4: Well, I kind of had an idea because I do, we do all about my cars. I do them with threes and fives, just so if I ever want to do any CRA stuff and stuff like that, I just switch the right side rims to fives, and when fives all the way around, that gets me down my width and it helps on the right side weight too. And uh, that's that's why I
1: why I do it like that, just so I can
4: run other stuff like this.
1: Yeah, Nick, I, I was we were curious about this because I was down there last year and one of the guys that runs outlaw super late models around here, Chris Benson went down there last year and, um, you know, they took the outlaw motor out, but they took the same car. And, um, he put an iron head motor in there and I said, how you doing? He says, I brought a knife to a gunfight. It's quite a bit different down there. Those guys got those things sorted out. Don't they?
4: Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, them guys race that track a lot. I mean, they do this, that, that class every week and, I, you know, I think we're way more advanced up here than they are, but down, when you go down there, there's no bump stops. There's no, uh, you know, light spring stuff tying down. I mean, you're running heavy springs, no bump stops, and you still got to get the car to turn and get good traction. I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that we unloaded pretty good. I think uh, I expect to qualify in the top ten and uh, have a chance to win the race.
0: Talk about Five Flags Speedway. Everybody knows the Snowball Derby. Uh, that is the, that's the main event. That's the main course. Uh, Snowflake 100 is, is, you know, your mashed potatoes and you know, what you're running in here, uh, it puts on a great show, but just to race in this weekend at five flag speedway, uh, have you experienced this weekend firsthand before and uh, what's your, what's your history with this, with this event?
4: Yeah, this is my third time racing. I took a modified the first time we had really good, I mean, we had a really good car for the race, and it overheated. I think I was just moved into the top ten and overheated. Uh, I took an outlaw stock two two years ago or three years ago. We took a one, our outlaw car down there, and it was a last minute deal. I didn't really plan for it, and we threw the car together, and it wasn't right. I mean, we and we had motor problems too. As we unloaded practice, missed practice, ended up going out blind for qualifying. We made the show on time and. Actually finished 10th, I believe, but it was more of a Dodge Direct and survived the deal. But this time, we really got a car focused for that race, and we did everything to the max of the rules of what you're allowed there. I think we're taking a lot better. I know I drove a lot better on Saturday than the other car did.
0: You know what's funny is uh, you never know who's listening to these programs, so Nick, you did that right. We did everything to the max that the rule book will allow us. It never didn't mention whether that big toe touched the gray area or not. Uh, But uh, and and how much does that change your perspective, too, when you know you've planned? Right. Obviously, we know this sport's full of variables. But when you have put the work in, you've you've set this car up intentionally for this weekend, for five flag speedway. It is intended to be a part of this weekend's event. How much does that change your mentality going down there, uh, knowing that you should have a piece that's capable of potentially going to victory lane?
4: I mean, it makes you feel better, but it also puts a lot more pressure on me because I'm, I'm my biggest uh, critic, I guess. I am uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself every time I go to the track. I expect to try to win every time I'm there. And, you know, sometimes it's not possible. But, I mean, I knew when I, as soon as I drove to the first corner down there with this car, I said, okay, we, we, we were a lot better off than the last time. I know that for sure. Um, it just puts a lot of pressure on me to, like, I know I got to – go down there and and try to you know produce something you
1: know nick it seems like you're a good role model for someone who uh who i guess i guess it's a relationship to you someone who's having a lot of success success in the mini wedges at south bend motor speedway uh is that someone who wants to follow in your footsteps
4: uh uh, yeah i mean i don't know if she's gonna want to do it as as, you know it's my daughter um i don't know how far along she's gonna want to keep doing this um Honestly, I hope she just wants to play softball and go to college or whatever. But uh, <laughs>
0: It's funny uh, It's funny the dads that we ask about, you know, them getting into mini wedges and, you know, do you want them to pursue it or do you want them to just stick around and do kid things? It's about 50-50, isn't it, Rich? Some of them yeah, really want that. them to pursue it. Others are like, my God in heaven, please don't let them pick up on this on this darn addiction that we know short track racing is.
4: Uh, uh, yeah, she, uh, I mean... And she's 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 good at it. She gets it. She's like a sponge. I tell her something, she goes out and does it. Um, she had a pretty dominant season. She only lost one race, you know, all year at South Bend. Um, and we're we're gonna get her in a big car next year and see. Uh, we're gonna do a lot of practice. And if she can prove it, she can do it to me on a practice night. You know, run at least compatible times and, and not be all over. We'll go try to race. But I mean, it could take all summer.
1: That's not how you get her out of the car, Nick. When she wins that much, I'm just telling you. You're in <laughs> trouble. You're in trouble.
4: <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she, she's not a good loser. I can tell you that. Oh boy.
0: oh boy. Man, Nick, this is pretty cool. And you know, I should mention too, for those who don't have you on Facebook, testing at Five Flags Speedway, then catching some Notre Dame uh, athletics before coming home. Uh, you've had quite the week.
4: Yeah, we uh, uh, we were gonna stay or drive a little bit and spend the night, and then my brother and. Matt Maurer, my buddy, he took his car down there and he was like, well, like, we'll just drive straight through. I'm like, well, I'll ride, but I'm not driving straight through. <laughs> and we, uh, we got back in time. We got a nap and, uh, we got season tickets to the, the girls, uh, basketball there in Notre Dame and we like to go there. So, uh, uh,
0: we got time to go over and, and watch the game. Nice man. Nice. Well, Hey, uh, I know this is uh, pretty cool for you. You're pretty active on social media. It looks like where's the best way for folks to follow along with what you've got going on. Obviously they can catch all the action from the five flag speedway and uh, the snowball derby weekend on racing, TV. but specifically to you, how can folks keep up with what you've got going on?
4: Yeah, pretty much my Facebook page. I, I try to update, uh, when we're at the track, uh, what's going on, what we're doing. Um, yeah, Racing America. will have
0: the whole week of
4: racing down there. Um, we plan on going down or we're head down Tuesday. We, we'll get there Wednesday and uh, uh, mess with the car. we get some stuff we want to do with the car. And then my buddy Matt races on Thursday uh, with the Modifieds and then we'll race, uh, or yeah, he raced on Friday with the Modifieds. I'll race on Saturday and then uh, we'll watch the Derby and then we'll, we'll head home after the
0: Derby. And by the way, speaking of Racing America, you caught their attention during that test session too. I saw you were on Twitter this week.
4: Yeah, I seen they, they tweeted a picture there that with the, with Hooters, there <clears throat> we put the Hooters out, and uh, the number for Jim uh, everybody knows Jim was a huge uh, Hooters fan, and he'd been to all of them all around the country. So, uh, we, we a nice little touch there, but he had uh, threw that in the number for me. Um, yeah, and it caught their eye, I guess.
1: Well, th- Nick, I'll be down there, so I'm going to come over and say hi and pay you guys a visit for a few minutes. So, I'll be down there all weekend as well, but uh, I'm going to give you a chance now to to kind of thank the folks that uh, made your championship possible for 2022?
4: Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, Bethann Brown, Tim Brown, uh, my
1: car owners. um,
4: uh, Creative Colors. I mean, they're a huge sponsor to me. They they do a lot for me. Uh, It'd be hard to do without those guys. Um, TT Products, 2 Performance, you know, Adam and Chris Terry, they do a lot for me. Um, Brand Roofing, Kevin Sauer, he helps me out whenever I need it. Um, MSR chassis, he, he built our car. Uh, Sean Amor, a lot of people know him from racing. Uh, he does a lot for me in setups and this and that and just picking his brain and stuff like that. And um, uh, Tyler Rurig, Rocket Shock and Fabrication, uh, he builds all my shocks. Uh, I can lean on him for questions, a lot on the bump stop stuff. He helps me out. Um, uh, pretty much, you know, that's about it besides uh, the guys that help me to shop and couple of people that come on and help me a little bit here and there. Um, I got, uh, uh some friends that, uh, their daughter passed away and they, they put a butterfly on my car every year for a little bit of help. And I have a bunch of people help me for the Derby. Um, I got a whole list of people, Donnie breast and Wade Berger and Brian Kaiser. I know I'm forgetting. I, I got a whole list of people that, that chipped in on this deal. Um, and just they believed in me and threw me some cash and said, go have fun. So, um, yeah, people like that, man. That's that's what makes it happen for me. Uh, I'm just a normal nine to five guy, and uh, it'd be hard to do it without any
0: help. Nick, man, it's uh, it was cool to hear your story, hear what you got going on, and uh, what a season! After you know, starting off with heartbreak, going right to victory lane shortly thereafter, putting together a track championship. I feel like you got a pretty good shot down at Five Flag Speedway coming up. So good luck, man, and uh, hopefully hopefully we get to say your name uh, in two weeks and say, hey, that cat we had on the show went to victory lane. So good luck, man.
4: Uh, thank you. I'm definitely going to uh, do my best and try hard as I can.
0: Nick Pressler, uh, look for him at Five flag Speedway, RacingAmerica.tv, or if you're headed down there. It's the, what is it, Outlaw Stocks? Is that right?
4: Yep, Outlaw Stocks, are called.
0: Outlaw Stocks Division, keep an eye on it. Watch for Nick Pressler, the uh, 2022 Plymouth Speedway track champion down at Five Flag Speedway this weekend. Nick, appreciate you, man. Have a good night. Yep, thank you. All right, time to put a bow on this one for your Thanksgiving week edition of Horsepower Happenings. Uh, Rich, you have an event on the upcoming calendar. I am surprised.
1: We have a race this week, Zach.
0: I can't believe it. You want to go to a racetrack uh, let me on check, Saturday? Let me check the weather. Let me check the horsepower happenings weather forecast and see see what the answer to that is.
1: So while you look at the forecast, I'll give you the story. This right. Saturday, this Saturday, November 26th at Kalamazoo Speedway, the Bad Santa 100, 100 lap enduro, $1,000 to win. Uh, there will also be a Santa's Little Helper 20, which will be a powder puff event. Ladies only, obviously, uh, a Santa smash stock derby and spectator drags all at the Kalamazoo Speedway pits in the grandstands open at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Racing kicks off at 2 p.m.
0: And the horsepower happenings weather forecast says Saturday will see a slight chance of showers in the afternoon. Otherwise, mostly sunny skies with a high near 46 and an overnight low of just 32 degrees. So uh, not a bad November day to go catch some racing. I don't think it I don't think that's blanket weather, right? Maybe I, just a,
1: co- a hoodie or two. Yeah,
0: maybe and you know, maybe some long johns and some Carhartt overalls if you need to, but uh, man, 46. Yeah, I I take that. Why not? Shoot, and Kalamazoo, I, and- I'm coming. There you go. And, 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 I, and I, don't,
1: I, don't, I want to be careful, but I think we can safely say that this is probably the last event of 2022 in the state of Michigan outdoors.
0: Just nobody, don't anybody ring any promoter's bell about M40 Speedway. They were the ones that were always sneaking in last minute uh, enduros and stuff at the end of the year. So if nobody rings M40's door, I think we'll be all right
1: should be okay
0: all right hey that's going to do it for tonight's episode of horsepower happenings huge thanks to andrew scheid uh it was funny somebody messaged me today and goes you know you haven't had andrew on the, the show in a while Check the Facebook page. Oh, all right, right on cue. Nick Pressler, uh, it was great to get a chance to talk to him for the first time on the show tonight. Uh, as always, appreciate uh, Rich Francis' work. He does everything here for Horsepower Happening. Scott Menlon pays the bills, and I'm Zach Heiser. Wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week, right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to HorsepowerHappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep
1: up on what's happening.